The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Father in heaven, we thank you for your kindness towards us. We ask today, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that you speak into every dead situation and you cause them to come to life. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you all the praise and glory in advance, Father. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have played. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise the name of the Lord. Today is part two of From Death to Life. And our anchor text is still Ezekiel 37. However, for today's teaching, we will be um, um, reading from John 11, from verse 1 to 44. John 11, from verse 1 to 44. And we're going to read together. The reason is because we don't want to lose anyone in, um, in this story. It's a very powerful story. It's a long scripture, but it is so essential that we follow this story. So if you, if you um, would read um, with me, the translation is New Living Translation, and if you don't have that, you can read from the screen. Okay, so let's read together. One to go. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother, Lazarus, was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness is not, will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So, although Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus replied, there are 12 hours in a day, every day. During the day, people can walk safely. Then can, they can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is the danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I am glad I wasn't there, for now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his disciples, fellow disciples, Let's go to and die with Jesus. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany 
was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. Then Martha got word that Jesus was coming. She went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said. He will rise when everybody else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live. Even after dying, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord. She told him, I've always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mothers and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep, so they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry. As he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone away, aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, the smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face Wrapped head clothes, and Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Hallelujah. Fantastic story. You know, it's sometimes Jesus, in this case, was angry at these people. Even when he got to the grave, he was still upset. He was upset. What kind of people are these? Jesus said, 
Lazarus' issue will not end in death. That's what Jesus said. But Lazarus died. Martha and Mary could be confused, thinking. But Jesus said, Lazarus' issue will not end in death, but Lazarus died. You know, sometimes it appears that what God says to you doesn't match what your situation is. It's like, Lazarus is dead. But Jesus said, we read it, Lazarus' situation will not end in death. So what is going on? Was Jesus inaccurate? Not at all. Because if you consider what Jesus said, Jesus did not say, Lazarus' situation will not pass through death. Jesus said, Lazarus' situation will not end in death. Sometimes we pass through death as it were, but we will not end in death. Sometimes it appears that you are passing through what is called the valley of the shadow of death. But David understood this and says, even though I pass through the valley of the shadow of death, you are there with me. The presence of God is with you in spite of the situation that appears dead. And every situation that appears dead, that is in this place, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, before this season is over, will come back to life. Yeah. In verse 37, Jesus said, roll the stone aside. Jesus told them, Martha said, by now, he's smelling. That is, he's smelling. Lazarus was not only sick, he died. He did not only die. He was buried. Lazarus was not only sick and died and was buried. He had started decaying. In other words, bacteria and fungi had begun to feast on him and releasing ammonia or whatever waste product they released that causes the stench from a dead body. By now, the irreversible has appeared to have happened. Jesus, by now, it is impossible for you to do anything. Because Lazarus came back to life, everything that represents Lazarus in your life will come back to life. Because Jesus is alive, it will come back to life. This season, I beseech you, let me use the term of Paul, don't take it lightly. Don't take it lightly. In verse 43, Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come forth. It is crucial to understand that Jesus shouted Lazarus' comfort, the dead obeyed him. Imagine what would have happened. His body has started decaying. Maybe the, his fingers, everything, it started decomposing, all this flesh, maggots, you know, everywhere. <laughs> and Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. What happened? It was like a reversal. Imagine the maggots Coming out, the bacteria getting out, the flesh coming back, life coming back into him, and he came back to life. (laughs) 
Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The situation may appear to have decayed. Listen, listen, listen. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Lazarus will come forth in your life. For some, it's just sickness. It's not even death yet. For some, it's just death. It's not even buried yet. For some, it's just buried. It's not even decayed yet. For some, it's actually begun to decay. Regardless of where you are on the spectrum, that Lazarus will come back to life. In the mighty name of Jesus. This is the beauty of Jesus. He doesn't just want to give us life. He wants to give us abundant life. And when you begin to align and walk with God, inevitably people will begin to talk. When you begin to do the things that God has called you to do, people will talk. You have to accept it. People will always talk. You must accept one thing about life. People always have something to say. They always have something to say. You know this, this, this song um, Obey sang years ago before he got saved? <laughs> you know, about the father, the son, and the donkey. If you remember that song, let me see your hands up. Okay, you remember the song? Okay, okay fine. So, Newer generation guys. <laughs> Basically, there was this man, his son, and they had a donkey. The father and the son were on the donkey. And the people said, wicked man and wicked son. How can both of you be riding the donkey? Do you want to kill the donkey? So the man said, okay. Son, stay on the donkey. I will walk. And people saw him and said, foolish man. How can you be walking and your son is sitting on the donkey? Very useless man. And the man said, okay, fine. Son, come down from the donkey. Let me go on the donkey. And they saw the man on the donkey and the boy trekking. And they said, what kind of father are you? Then he said, okay, fine. Let's let the donkey go free. We'll just hold the leash and we will trek. And as they are trekking, they look at them and they say, foolish son and foolish father. Like father, like son. They are allowing the donkey to go for free. So he concluded, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing. I couldn't resist it. I had to say it. Sorry. Forgive me. It is the same thing. In, in, in the time of Jesus, the same thing, verse 36, the, the Bible says that people who were standing nearby, they said, see how much he loved him. Guess what happened? Immediately, some other said, uh, this man, he, he, he healed the blind man. Why couldn't he stop Lazarus from dying? People will always talk. So, just just make up your mind. You are going to be all that God has created you to be. In Jesus' name. You are not going to entertain people's opinion. You know, there was a, um, well, 
some incidents in the U.S. that is all over the news, you know. Um, the Baltimore young guy that was, that was killed, practically, you know, by the, the police. You, you know about the story? Okay, fine. Now, so there was riots in Baltimore, and, well, it's coming down, and the young people took to the streets, da 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 of course, turned to looting and all sorts of lawless behavior, and a mother saw her son on TV. She was watching the TV, and she saw her son, ah, is that not my son? <laughs> so she went and gave him Niger style. <laughs> Niger style of forehand and backhand. <laughs> and dealt with the boy. Interestingly, the police chief came out and said, you wished all mothers would do, would take control of their children. But I thought to myself, but when the children call 911, you are the ones that arrest the mothers. So you can't do anything against God's word. The Bible says foolishness abounds in the heart of the child. That is where it is. But there's something called the rod of correction. Why? Because if you don't discipline your children, they will discipline you. So what will it be? Anyway, so, so this woman became a national hero, practically. So people are now rethinking that, hmm, this thing, we should be spanking our children. No? They are rethinking their social formations. But it's there in the word of God. Who sent them to deviate from it in the first place? But the interesting thing is that people were still abusing this woman. People, we always have something to say. Roll the interview. Even the boy was happy. You don't want your children to curse you when they are old. If my mom, you've heard my mom, some of you have heard my mom talk about how she dealt with me. I was taller than, than her. You know what she did? She said to me that I should go and get something in her room. As I went to the room, she came, she locked the door and put the, she had one jeans <laughs> and put the key in her pocket. And she brought two canes. She gave me one. She says, we flog ourselves today. And she flogged. She finished her cane. As in shredded. She took my own. And she shredded it on me. I was in, I will tell you, I was in, I was in university. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Don't look at me like that. But I'm grateful to God today. I'm grateful. I'm grateful she stood her ground. Back to our story. Verse 32, when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, I mean, this, this story just, and these responses just 
tells us that the, the, the Jesus that they know is the Jesus that can heal the sick. And sometimes God allows us to go through situations that will make us perplexed just to show us that he is still the same Jesus that can not only heal the sick, he can raise the dead. So Jesus was teaching us through this woman that I am not only able to prevent death by healing, I'm able to reverse death by resurrection. That's what he's teaching us. That don't, you see, you, some of us are going through a challenge and you're like, why, Lord, why me, why? No, 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 no. God wants to use you to show the world how he can do the impossible. Do I get an amen? <laughs> Good. And God, Jesus has been explaining to Martha that, look, look, don't you understand? Your brother is going to come back to life. And Martha was like, oh yeah, I know. He's going to come back to life when everybody else rises up from the dead. And in verse 25, Jesus told her, don't you get it? I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus was saying to Martha, you are saying you will resurrect at the end of the day. That is correct. Guess what? It is my power that will resurrect him at the end of the day. But I am here with you. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus was saying, I am the resurrection and the life. I'm the one that will resurrect him then. I'm the one that will resurrect him now. Anyone who believes in me after dying will come back to life. And he says to Martha, do you believe this? Martha says, yes, Lord. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of, the Lord, of, of, of God. The one that took come to the world. Fast forward to verse 40. Jesus responded, Martha, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? Now, what's going on here? Martha says to Jesus, I believe you. Jesus says to Martha, if only you believe. Martha says, Jesus, I believe. But Jesus says, if only you believe. What's going on? Was Martha lying? No. Was, was Jesus not getting Martha? No. What was going on? Martha believed in the person of Jesus. But Jesus was saying, Beyond believing in my person, I need you to believe in my power. It is one thing to believe in the person of Jesus. It is another thing entirely to believe in the power of Jesus. I have friends, even pastors, that believe Jesus. They, 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 they are believers. They believe in the person of Jesus. And they are going to heaven. But they doubt the power of God. And I say to them, the power of God is real. And God is saying to you today, yes, you believe in me. You believe in my person. But I need you to believe in my power. Because it's one thing to believe 
a who he is, it's another thing entirely to believe in what he can do. Think about your scenario, your, scenario, your situation. You, you believe in Jesus. But Jesus is saying, fine. But Martha, I need you to believe in what I can do, what I am capable of doing. You see, the truth is that when you believe the person of Jesus, it guarantees your heaven. But it is the power of Jesus that guarantees your victory here on earth. So you can actually believe in Christ and know God and be in fellowship with God and still be suffering defeat. And Jesus is trying to say to Martha, Martha, there's another side to me, the teacher. There's another side to me, the healer. There is the resurrection and the life. Again, I'm praying for you that you will come in contact with Christ, the resurrection and the life in the mighty name of Jesus. He said to Martha, to them, roll the stone away. Jesus told them, but Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Martha protested. Martha believed, but she protested. Some of you, God is saying to you, take this step. You believe in Jesus, but you are protesting. Are you a protesting believer? Are you a protesting believer? He says to you, you need to get to this point in your life, but I need you to roll away the stone. You are protesting. You are saying to Jesus, don't let us embarrass ourselves. This thing is beyond repair. This thing is beyond, I don't care what it is. It could be your finances, it could be your marriage, it could be your health, it could be your business. It is not beyond repair. It is not. If you will not protest, if you will allow Jesus to be God. So what is Jesus trying to do that you are protesting? That's a question for you. What is Jesus trying to do that you are protesting? You have to be open to the supernatural. You have to be open to the, to, to the supernatural. It's one thing to believe in the supernatural, to believe in Christ, Jesus' supernatural. It's one thing to believe in the supernatural. It's another thing to be open to the supernatural. To be open. It's one thing to keep the supernatural at arm's length. It's another thing to embrace the supernatural. Totally different thing. Okay, so you say, okay, Pastor, how, how do I um, be open to, to the supernatural? I, I really need to be open to supernatural. I really need God to, to intervene and do this and do that. I really need this. How? Two things and we are done. The first thing, how can I be open to the supernatural? For you to be open to the supernatural, for you and I to be open to the supernatural, the first thing you have to understand is that this miraculous happens outside of your comfort zone. We said that at the tribe um, on Friday. Miracles happen outside of your comfort zone. It happens outside. Miracles don't happen inside your comfort zone. It happens outside your comfort zone. Look up for a moment. Let's say this is your comfort zone. This sphere is your comfort zone. This is how you do life. 
you are fine, you are comfortable, you are in your rhythm, you are in your routine. Guess what? Miracles don't happen here. Miracles happen there. So for you to get the miracles that you want, you need to come out of your comfort zone. You need to come out of your comfort zone. It could be in simple rhythm. You need to come out of your comfort zone. Miracles don't happen within your comfort zone. You are fasting, for instance. Folks are fasting. You know, it's possible to fast in your comfort zone. You are fasting and nothing is even moving. Even you yourself, you are not feeling nothing. In fact, the fats are even boisterous. It's possible. Some people say, oh, Pastor, when I fast, that is where my belly comes out. My pot belly. Uh, Oga, you have not started fasting. No. no. It is when you push out of your comfort zone, that is when the miracle happens. I was sharing how, by God's grace, I I fast a lot. And it's easy if you you fast a lot to, to be able to fast in your comfort zone. But I always ensure that I push myself out of my comfort zone. Why? Because I know that is where the miracles happen. Praying the same thing. Praying. God wants you to pray. You have to pray out of your comfort zone. That's where your miracle happens. We, upper week, we are going to have Daily vigils. So we are having vigils Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. For some people, they look at us and say, you are crazy. You know, I'm not going to leave my bed for nothing. That's my comfort zone. Yeah, it is. Miracles don't happen there. Miracles happen outside of your comfort zone. You cannot keep doing the same thing over and over and expect a different result. It doesn't make sense. Miracle happens outside. Of your comfort zone. Sometimes it's something that is that you, you are like, God, you are, are you are you are you leading me to do this? Sometimes it's even in your finances. Miracles happen outside of your comfort zone in your finances. Some of us we give so comfortably these days. When you started giving that amount, it used to stretch you. But God, as because of your faith, God has blessed you so much. That amount doesn't stretch you anymore. You just give it. You don't even know nothing has left your body. <laughs> That is your comfort zone. Miracles don't happen there. Where do miracles happen? Outside. You need to push out of your comfort zone. I do this all the time. I can give you stories upon stories upon stories. My personal finances. I always, always push myself outside of my comfort zone. And guess what? When I push myself outside of my comfort zone, boom, miracles happen. And guess what? That comfort, that thing that used to be outside my comfort zone become my comfort zone. So what do I do again? I push myself. Sometimes God wants to do something. And, you know, Jesus saw a blind man and, and he looked at the blind man. Guess what Jesus did? He spat on his face. That's insulting. Insulting. Jesus, he saw another blind man. What did he do? He, he spat on the mud. He made the mud. And he rubbed mud on his face. Jesus, how can you do that? There's a testimony I want to show you now. When I first, uh, when they first sent me the testimony for the, from the office, you know, to approve for service, 
some time ago, when I saw the testimony, I said, wait, 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 wait. So I held on to it. Did he show it? Why? Because I wanted to be sure what God was saying. God, is this you? Or is this just... Because I'm not interested if it's not God. And I forwarded it to a few people that solid um, Christians that know God. And let's have the video. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, every one of the people I sent it to confirmed it was God. And before they got back to me, because I was asking the Holy Spirit, you know what he said to me? He said, did I not tell you that people will step foot on this ground and be healed? You know, so... So I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> okay, fine. Be open to the supernatural. I have a feeling that something strange is going to happen this season. To the glory of God. Second thing I need to do to be open to the supernatural I need to respond appropriately to God. I need to respond appropriately to God. Last week, we looked at Ezekiel. On Wednesday, we looked at Mary's response. Today, we have seen Martha's response. If you look at Ezekiel's response, Ezekiel 37 verse 3, Ezekiel, the word of God says, Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? Can they become living people again? Ezekiel's response was, Oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know that. It's a fantastic response. Mary's response, we saw on Wednesday, Luke 1, 34, Mary asked the angel, but how can these things be? I'm a virgin. It's a fantastic response. She asked a question. She, she shows that I don't know it. Lord, how can this be? How can I have a child? But if you look at Martha's response, you remember the drama that was staged by the children's church? That was Martha. Martha is the chair lady of the Sabi Sabi Association of Israel. Some people, they are Sabi Sabi people. Uh, they are always thinking they know. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Martha, what did she say? What was her response? Yes. Martha said, I know. He will rise uh, when everybody else. Is that what Jesus is saying? Sabi, sabi. Is that what Jesus is saying? So, to have the right response, you must know that you don't know. You must know you don't know. Ezekiel, I don't know. You know, Mary, Lord, how can this thing be? You must know. You don't know. When you think you know, you are going to make mistakes. To have the right response, you must listen and not offer God advice. You must listen and not offer God advice. To, to have the right response, 
You must differ to God's almightiness. You must know that he's almighty. To have the right response, you must ask the right questions. You must ask the right questions. To have the right response, you must cooperate with God. There are many of us, you are here, you are sitting here, you want to move from death to life, but you are not cooperating with God. You are not cooperating with God. You are not living for God. God wants you to take a step towards Him. You are taking a step away from Him. It, any step away from God is a step towards death. So before we begin to minister, we are going to do what Jesus did. Then we'll begin to minister and call from death to life. I want to pray with you. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. If you are saying, Pastor, I need to cooperate with God. The summary of my life is that I am not in sync with God. I am close to church. I come to church, but I am far from God. I need to surrender to Jesus. Oh, I used to be with Jesus, but I have backsliding. I've gone back to the world. I need to come back. I need to cooperate with God. Wherever you are seated, I don't need you to come forward. Wherever you are seated, wherever you are seated, I want to pray with you. Pastor, that is me. I want to cooperate with God. I want to be in sync with God. Put up your hand now, over your head. Quickly. Now put up your hand, put up your hand. Well, well, well. Not on your head, over your head. God bless you. Put it up, put it up. God bless you, right there. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. God bless you. God bless you. Keep the hands up. God bless you. Another hand over there. God bless you. Another hand at the back. Another hand in the corner. Another hand at the side. There's another lady there. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. That is me. God bless you right there. Keep it. Put it up. Put it up. That is me. Pastor, pray with me. I'm at variance with God. I want to come. God bless you right there. I want to, I want to come back to God. I want to come back to him. I want to come back to him. I want to come back to him. I want to be in sync with Jesus. The rest of us, let us pray that every Lazarus in our lives will come forth in the name of Jesus. Talk to God. If you have the card, if you have your hands up, they will give you a card. If you have the card, you can begin to, to pray and begin to ask that God will um, have mercy upon you and cleanse you. Father, we pray for everyone that is praying right now that has the card is surrendered to you. We ask that you reconcile, my Father, with them. Oh God of heaven, that every barrier between them and yourself, let the barriers crumble. Reconnect, oh Lord, your people with yourself. Save them to the uttermost. Cleanse them totally. And let the name of Jesus be glorified. Lord, we give you praise and glory. Honor and glory we give unto you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Praise the name of the Lord.